Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Justine Atkinson speaks on Jesus's last act on earth during the last teaching of the year. Okay, cool. Everybody give it up for uh, Pastor Reverend Apostle Bishop Pastor G. She really is a, oh, hey, can you grab that table? Can you grab that table? Thanks, bud. And she's pregnant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be a cool joke. What if I just said command you? Right. What? What? Are you done? Yeah. Oh, okay, bet. Yo. My name is Pastor G. Just kidding. Please don't call me that. Um. So before we start, I have to do my secrets with Slain. That's your cue. Boom. Wow, that graphic, that was made like two years ago from Emily. So I have like three secrets that aren't actually secrets. Oh, if you're new here, do we have any new people that have never heard of secrets with Slain? Okay, so we were doing this thing. It was a trend like a while ago, but I just kept it going. Every time someone would speak, they would have like a little thing that they did. No. Nolan and Chloe. Okay. Well, anyway, so like Paul would do pointers with Paul. Chloe did clues with Chloe or something. Nolan did Nolan nuggets with Nolan. I don't know. Anyway, so I did secrets of slain that aren't actually secrets. So basically what this is, is like I'm telling you something that like is a secret, but I, I'm telling you, so it's not a secret. Okay. Okay, so I have three. One, if you ever are buying something online, <laughs> go to like the promo code section and type in 10 off, 20 off, 30 off, 40 off, 50 off, and sometimes it works. It's crazy. Yeah, so you can get 10% off 20, 30, 40, because sometimes people reuse like that same like phrase for their coupon codes, I've literally done it and I've gotten like $10 off. I actually did it like a couple days ago and it worked. So that's one of my secrets. Um, the second one is, somebody told me to, t- to say this, I think it was Spencer. Um, if you download the Sonic app, you can have happy hour all day long. Yeah. And then my third one, this is a story about teen talent. Um, I had never heard about it. And so I was 18 and I went in Florida and I played the piano. (laughs) And I was like, totally going to win. I was waiting. They called the runner up and I'm like, eh. And then they called the first place and I literally stood up and it was not me. It was not me. (laughs) They told me, I know, I I, I am, I have Humility now. <laughs> Literally, I was this big. Yeah, I, I was. But it's because they told me, I tried to like arrange like five different songs in one, and I knew nothing about music theory because I'm like self-taught. So I was doing a whole bunch of stuff, and I didn't have a coach or anything like that because some people have coaches. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, so I played like five different songs in one, and they were like, it was too much. If you would have just stuck with one, you would have been fine. And I was like, okay, 
So anyway, that's my uh, three secrets, and we're going to move on. All righty. So you can just go back to the Illuminate one because I didn't give a graphic, but this message I need to shout out Jensen and JC because in our biblical expository class, they helped me write some of this. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So I'm going to tell you a little story about when I was, let's say, probably like eight, nine, ten years old. I used to go over to my cousin's house, and he's a boy, so he would play with Nerf guns. And I was like, well, I don't have any Barbie dolls, and even if I did, you wouldn't want to play with them, so I'm going to play with Nerf guns. And we used to act like we were in these, like, old Western movies. So, like, I don't know, we would have the little accent. I don't really know if we did because we probably all just talked really high-pitched. But anyway, so we <laughs> we would play with these Nerf guns, and there was one time I remember I was trying to do this little, like, roll. <laughs> and if you remember any of my previous stories of my childhood, I was a little bit like a roll. So <laughs> when I rolled, it was just, it wasn't graceful. And so I kind of fell and like the gun kind of fell out of my hand, the Nerf gun fell out of my hand. And then my cousin, he like grabbed his little Nerf gun and he pointed it at me and he was like, I got you. I was like, darn. And then, so he wanted to be really dramatic and he was like, any last words? And I just looked at him and then he shot me in the forehead. So my childhood is great, guys. But anyway, so I was just thinking about that um, this past week about like the phrase, like any last words. And as Paul said, this is like the last message for the year. So, because we have the Christmas party and then we have other things. But um, so I was thinking about the phrase, any last words. And when you think about that, that's kind of like a like really serious question that if you were to like ask someone that, I'd be like, huh? Like what would be your last words? But another way to think about this, let's think about like last days of school. How many of you guys have had like, well, hopefully all of you, have had like a last day of like elementary school about to go into the summer vacation before middle school or last day of high school about to graduate, you know that. Okay, everybody in here because you guys are middle and high school. Well, um, what did you do like that last day? Okay, you were happy, you were... Yeah, so I asked this question to um, Evie and Eva earlier today. I asked this question, and they were like, well, I'm, I made the most of it. I was like, right, because usually, like, on your last day, you're going to, like, make the most of it, right? And um, that reminds me of uh, right before I started teaching this year, I've never left school, so I've had a summer vacation my whole life for my whole life, but every summer I've had a summer vacation because now I teach. But um, this particular summer, the weekend before I started school again, um, Andrew and I, we went on a trip because I was like, I want to make the best of my vacation, and so I'm going to go on a trip for the last weekend before we start school. And I promise you, uh, I was not thinking about the coffee at the Welcome Center, or not the Welcome Center, the coffee at church for the guests. And I was not thinking about if the vests for the parking team were 
not wrinkled. Like, I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was thinking about how to make the best of my time before having to go back into working again. How many of you can agree that that's something that you would do? Like, if you're going to make the best of something, you're thinking about how to make the best of it, right? Well, thinking about this last message for the year and all the things, I couldn't help but think about the last day of Jesus' freedom before he was arrested and then crucified. And so when you study that, Jesus actually did pretty much nothing that had to do with himself. What he did had everything to do with everybody else around him. And that's where we're going to pick up today. So if you want to throw up that scripture, we'll start in John 13. Okay. So um, we got a little bit of reading, but just stick with me. Okay. So Jesus knew that the night before the Passover would be his last night on earth before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples... Jesus had demonstrated a deep, okay, a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. Before their evening meal had begun, the accuser had already deeply embedded betrayal into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon. Now Jesus was fully aware that the father had placed all things under his control, for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer robe, and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. But when Jesus got up to Simon Peter, he objected and said, I can't let you wash my dirty feet. You're my Lord. Jesus replied, You don't understand yet the meaning of what I'm doing, but soon it will be clear to you. Peter looked at Jesus and said, You'll never wash my dirty feet, never. But Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, Jesus responded, then you will not be able to share life with me. So Peter said, Lord, in that case, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head too. Jesus said to him, you are already clean, you have been washed completely, and you just need your feet to be cleansed. But that can't be said of all of you, for Jesus knew which one was about to betray him, and that's why he told them that not all of them were clean. After washing their feet, he put his robe on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I just did? Jesus said, you've called me your teacher and Lord, and you're right. That's who I am. So if I'm your teacher and Lord and have just washed your dirty feet, then you should follow the example that I've set for you and wash one another's dirty feet. Now do for each other what I have d just done for you. I speak to you timeless truth. A servant is not superior to his master, and an apostle is never greater than the one who sent him. So now put into practice what I have done for you, and you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. Okay, so there's a lot in that, and before you freak out, I am not washing your feet. <laughs> I was like, I, I might do one, but I ain't about that right now. Anyway, so there is a lot in that, so I want to just talk about this. So the Last Supper, which we will get to, was the day before he was Jesus was arrested and taken and beaten and put on the cross and you know all that. But before the Last Supper is when he washed the disciples' feet. Now as I was doing research, back in that time, it was customary for like hosts 
of a home or of a, like when people come for dinner, it was customary for the host to bring a basin of water to the people that are coming in to wash their feet. Like that was common. And that was actually like the expectation of hospitality. So if you bring water to the people, that's already like beyond like hospitable. That's like, oh, thank you so much. Now, no one in their right mind would actually wash the feet of those people that are coming into their home. They actually said they would send, sometimes they would send their slave to do that for them. And no free person would get low and wash the feet of people coming in because they're already being hospitable by getting them water. So that's like saying, that's like making a cup of coffee for someone that's hospitable, right? If they come to your home. Well, getting down and washing somebody's feet is as if you're like, I'm actually going to go get some beans and roast them myself and do all the things and get everything prepared and make this very perfect cup for you. And then I'm going to like spoon feed it to you. <laughs> like it's beyond what is necessary. Okay. So much so that sometimes they wouldn't even have their slave do it. It was like just sometimes because it's like it was just enough just to give them water. Okay. But Jesus on his last day, chose to get low, to be like a slave in that mindset in that time, to show like this unexpected, surprising, incomprehensible love to his disciples. And that just blows my mind thinking about that. And another thing about that is, um, if you notice the scripture I was reading, he did it, and then he explained to the, to the disciples why he did it. So he washed their feet, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. And after he washed his feet, he then said, let me go back to it, he said, um, So if I'm your teacher and Lord and have just washed your feet, then you should follow the example that I have set for you and wash one another's dirty feet. Now do for each other what I have just done for you. So Jesus didn't just say like, hey, disciples, I have some things to tell you. Um, I want you to be servants of people. I want you to love people. I want you to do all these things. I'm going to be gone for a while, actually, like forever. I'm going back with my dad. So I want you to do all these things. He actually demonstrated it first. He showed them what it means to get low. He showed them what it means to put your pride aside. He showed them what it means to, sh to have love that is incomprehensible, that is surprising, that is out of the norm. And from that, he was able to then teach them how they can do that to other people, how they can show that kind of love to other people. And just thinking about like, wow, what a, like an incredible teacher that is. Because <laughs> like I know that I learn better if somebody like demonstrates something for me rather than just telling me to do something, you know? It's like if someone were to say like, I want you to clean this building. But if they show me how to clean it and then I did it, it would make more sense in my mind. 
I don't know if you guys are like that. I just, I'm a visual. So it's just like, it just show, it's just, Jesus is awesome. <laughs> All right. And then, um, sorry, I'm jumping around in my notes, which is good. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Let's pick up in Luke 22. And I'm going to get some water because I'm struggling. Alrighty, so we talked about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And by the way, it's it talks about the Last Supper in all four Gospels, but I'm speaking from John and Luke, but it also talks about it in Matthew and Mark, just so you know. But all right, so Luke 22. When Jesus arrived at the upper room, he took his place at the table along with all the apostles. Then he told them, I have longed with passion and desire to eat this Passover lamb with you before I endure my sufferings. I promise you that the next time we eat this, we will be together in the feast of God's kingdom. Then he raised a cup and gave thanks to God and said to them, take this and pass it on to one another and drink. I promise you that the next time we drink this wine, we'll be together in the feast of God's kingdom. Then he lifted up a loaf, and after praying a prayer of thanksgiving to God, he gave each of his apostles a piece of bread, saying, This loaf is my body, which is now being offered to you. Eat it to remember me. After su supper was over, he lifted the cup again and said, This cup is my blood of the new covenant I make with you, and it will be poured out soon for all of you. But I want you to know that the hands of the one who delivers me to be the sacrifice are with mine on this table this very moment. The Son of Man must now go where he will be sacrificed, but there will be a great and unending doom for the man who betrays me. And then after that, the apostles start questioning, and they like point fingers, like, is it you, is it you, is it you? It's not me, it's you. Anyway, so how many of you guys have heard that before? Along those lines. I know I read it in the Passion, but okay. So this happens directly after Jesus washes uh, the disciples' feet. He is now like sitting at the table eating with them. Sorry, guys. I know, but I don't want to choke on it. Cut this out, Isaac. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, no, where'd it go? There we go. Okay, so the few things I want to point out in this passage. In the beginning, in verse 15, if you can throw that back up, you don't have to, but it says, I have longed with passion and desire to eat this Passover lamb with you before I endure my sufferings. So how many of you guys have, like, let's say you got your report card and there was, like, an iffy grade on it, and you're like, I know when I get home, my parents are going to look at this, and they're like, going to take my phone away, or I'm not going to be able to play the Xbox or PlayStation or whatever it is. How many of you guys can relate? I actually can't relate to that, but somebody can. <laughs> so, like, when that happens, it's kind of like you're, you're picturing this, like, doom that's about to happen, right? Now, if that happens, and it's, like, intense, 
How many of you guys are really thinking about the conversations you're going to have at the lunch table? No, not really. You're thinking about what you're about to face when you get home, when you show them that you got a D in literature, right? Right. I'm sorry. You're just right there. <laughs> I don't have your literature grade. Okay. So what's crazy to me is Jesus, he knows what he's about to go through. He knows. He literally tells the disciples, I'm about to endure suffering. And yet he says, I've really been looking forward to this meal with you. Like, what kind of thought process, like, I would be, like, on the toilet, like, a nervous wreck because I'm, like, I'm about to, like, get crucified for all y'all, and you don't even like me. I would not be, like, oh, my gosh, Peter, I've been waiting for you to come. Let me get that dirt off your foot. Like, no. <laughs> no. And yet, that's where his heart was postured. Nothing to do with his comfort, nothing to do with what he was going to get out of it. Everything to do with how can I show love in such an unexpected way. And yes, the disciples didn't quite understand the intensity of what was about to happen, but Jesus did. Jesus knew. And yet he chose to serve and love his friends. That just blows my mind. Secondly, it says in verse 19, then he lifted up a loaf and after praying a prayer of thanksgiving to God, he gave each of his apostles a piece of bread saying, this, is, this loaf is my body, which is now being offered to you. Always eat it to remember me. Once again, blows my mind. He's literally like talking about the bread and representing like this, is, this bread is my body. When he knows that his body is about to get beaten. Beat. Whatever. <sighs> D in literature. <laughs> so, so he's thanking God, saying thank you, God, for this. In the midst of knowing that he's about to step into suffering, he has a heart of thankfulness. He has a heart of gratitude. And he is expressing that heart of gratitude and that heart of thankfulness with those closest to him, with those who are in communion with him. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and the last thing that I love about this is when it says, always eat it to remember me. Now, how many of you guys have like taken communion before? You know, like the little plastic styrofoam that you eat <laughs> and the sip of grape juice, you know? Well, how many, how many of you guys have heard, like, do this in remembrance of me? And that's exactly what you should do. You should do it in remembrance of the sacrifice that Jesus has made for all of us. But as I was reading this, I almost, I got this, like, whole new revelation of what he was saying. Think about all of the meals that he's had. Like, there he had meal. Um, he had a meal with Mary and Martha, Zacchaeus, a leader of the Pharisees. You know, so like eating was like pretty cool with Jesus. Like he liked to talk to people over meals. I do too. So if you guys ever want to take me out, I'm here for that. But I'm married. <laughs> 
you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, but um, as he was saying this, he's, he was telling the disciples, do this in remembrance of me. What if beyond remembering the sacrifice that he made for us, what if we also remembered how he lived? So like any time that we take communion, what if it's beyond he died on the cross for my sins, but it's also, remember when we talked about his last day and he chose instead of thinking about himself to serve people? Or instead of thinking about the things, the bad things that were gonna happen, he was actually thankful and he was grateful and he shared that heart of thankfulness with those around him? What about the fact that he knew one of his best friends was about to betray him and his other friend was literally about to get him killed and yet he chose to share a meal with them, to show love to them. What if everything that we did we did it in remembrance of him, of Jesus. That I'm folding my laundry and I'm doing this in remembrance of you. How would that change and shift your intentionality? Or I'm gonna sneak around in remembrance of him. <laughs> How would that strike a new level of conviction? If you did all that you did with an intentional mind of thinking, this is how Jesus lived, and I am called to live a life that reflects that life that he lived. So as we close this thing, uh, Andrew, you can bring that up, and then Paul, you can come up. We are going to take communion. But I want it to be a little different this time. I want you, yes, his sacrifice is the ultimate sacrifice. His sacrifice on the cross is the ultimate sacrifice. But how can we live every single day that he has blessed us in remembrance of him? This Christmas, when you're sitting across the table with one of your family members that maybe has said some bad things about you or maybe gets on your nerves, even if it's someone that you live with, <laughs> how can you be like Jesus and serve them and show this like incomprehensible, unimaginable love for them? How in this last part of the year going into a new year, how can you do all things with an intentional heart that reflects the life of Jesus and what he did on his last day of freedom? So I'm gonna pray for us and then if you want to, you guys can come up and grab one of the communion element elements just take it. I'm not going to lead you through it. I'm not going to say take the bread, take the juice or any of that. But as you do it, I want you to think, 
Holy Spirit, I want you to pray. Holy Spirit, show me an area where I can be intentional to show the example that you have given me to others. How can I serve others when I much rather be thinking about myself? How can I be thankful or grateful when I think that it might be something that might not be going good around the corner? Or how can I just love and do all things in remembrance of you? So Jesus, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your sacrifice, for your love, for the example that you model for us. I pray, Lord, for the last couple of weeks that we have in 2022, that you are gonna continue to speak to us and that tonight will be like a shift in each of our spirits that highlights how we can be more intentional with showing love like you did. We thank you, Lord, for loving us first so that we can love others. And that the unconditional love that you have for each and every one of us, we can also exemplify to those around us, to those in our families, our friends, those we see at school or at work. And that when people look at us, they can see you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood and your sacrifice so that we can be free. That every one of our days are free. Everything is for you, Jesus. Our whole lives are for you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Thank you for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox. 